0: You bet. Welcome to it. A whole new week and a whole new opportunity for you to get some answers and questions. Bring them on. We'd love to talk to you. Alex Luchaferro is the uh, lawyer in question here tonight. The expert from San to Market LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. Reaching out to Alex anytime. Simple, simple. 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And there's also a website constructed just for your convenience. It's free. It's anonymous. We'll tell you all about your employment law rights and uh, privileges that you have. You just got to know about them. Good place to start, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. And while you are there, you can take the severance calculator for a wee bit of a spin. It'll tell you uh, pretty precisely what you should be owed in the event that you were let go and looking at a severance package, which is pretty much guaranteed going to be less inadequate coming from what would soon be your former employer, right? So check it out at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. On the show tonight, we're going to get to this. No, severance rules are not different for you. If we get to a bunch of those talking points, maybe some email. If you want to send one along, that is help at employmentlawyer.ca. No bad questions, anything you need or wanted to know about your work life, bring it on. This is a show for you. Alex is here to answer those. So we always start off with the case of the day, The uh, something going on, uh, a matter that you've been dealing with, Alex. What's up, pal?
1: Back at it, John. Thanks very yeah, much. Man. Another uh, Monday edition of the Employment Law Show. Great to be back on uh, on the air talking employment law and workplace rights and severance and layoffs and you name it if it has to do with your workplace, with your employment rights. We cover it all here on this very uh, show over the next half hour, as you said. So uh, talking about the case of the day, let's get straight to it. Uh, John spoke to a very nice lady earlier today. This would have been just this afternoon. And uh, she had been just let go from her job. So we're actually seeing this. I'd mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, uh, John, on the show. We're, we're seeing at this time of year uh, a bit of a trend. We're seeing more restructurings and, and downsizings happening. It might be a sign of the economy. It might be, again, you know, a time of the year. But companies are making changes. And unfortunately, that just means you know, people are being restructured out of their jobs. Doesn't necessarily mean the employer is done anything wrong or that the employee rather has done anything wrong it doesn't mean the employer is a terrible f- person it just means right. that you know these are the business realities that employers and employees face and and that's mm-hmm. what happened to this particular lady now this lady had only been with the company john for about two years so in the grand scheme of things relatively short service uh, employee albeit in a bit of uh, a senior position she was a director she was an accountant by trade director with the company uh and was hired into that role and performed that role seemingly quite adequately her performance reviews were quite well and unfortunately as a result of a downsizing as i was just saying she was let go uh from her job on letting her go uh john uh the her employer offered her uh drum roll please two weeks of severance mm-hmm. pay so a two-year employee A senior position, she got one week per year of service. And and here's kind of the funny part and why I wanted to talk about this matter uh, on the show tonight, uh, John, was she was really just calling uh, in her words, John, to make sure uh, that this is what the company owes me. And this lady was effectively convinced that because she signed an employment contract, that limited her severance entitlements, she automatically assumed what her employer told her was true, which is that your contract limits your severance entitlements. There's nothing you or I can do about it. We owe you two weeks, full stop, period. And she was effectively calling me to say, well, isn't that true, Alex? I just want confirmation that that is true. Actually, a neighbor of hers had told her to call in. And so she called in and, and said, I, you know, I just need confirmation that what they're saying is correct. Can you confirm that this is correct? And so I said, okay, well, let's have a look at her employment agreement. Uh, right. It's one of the first things that we do when we're assessing a severance package. We want to look at, to see if there are con- any contractual limitations to an employee's severance entitlements. A lot of times theres there aren't, uh, John. And so I looked at this lady's employment contract, and lo and behold, there was termination language in the contract. So there were a couple of paragraphs in there saying, you know, in the event that we let you go, this is what we're going to owe you, and this is all we're ever going to owe you. Well, I've said this plenty of times on the show before, John, our longtime listeners will know, but that kind of termination language in an employment agreement needs to be so carefully drafted. It needs to be perfect to the word. Even the use of a wrong word or certainly the wrong phrase could render the termination provision unenforceable, opening up an employee severance entitlements to their full severance entitlements, not just what the contract says. And that was exactly the situation in this case, uh, John, like we see in many, many situations. The termination language in this lady's contract was not enforceable. Uh, it was dated. It was stale. It was old. It wasn't written properly, even though it was probably written by a lawyer at some point. It was no longer enforceable. And so this two-year employee, John, who was in, a again, a director-level position, so a very senior position within the company, mm-hmm. she wasn't owed two weeks. I had the pleasure of telling her, guess what? You're probably looking at something like four to six months as a severance uh, package. Forget about your two weeks. You're looking at many, many times uh, uh, that amount because the language in your employment contract is not enforceable and because your severance has to be based on your age, position, and years of service. This lady was you know, effectively floored. She was pretty shocked yeah. when I gave her that advice, John, and it's the correct advice. It's the proper... Uh, analysis. And so now we're going to be working with her to get her the proper severance that she's owed. I mean, the difference is, you know, I can tell you uh, just very roughly, the difference is over $50,000. Crazy. Uh, John, as between what she has been offered by her employer the two weeks and what she is actually owed. I mean, it's, it's a ridiculous amount of money. And you know, I have to say, John, as a final point here, this is not complicated stuff. I, I mean, these employment laws, these Uh, you know, the rules around termination language and employment contracts, this is employment law 101 stuff. And so my expectation here is that it's going to actually be relatively straightforward to resolve this situation. This isn't going to be a long, drawn out, complicated legal battle. I imagine with some negotiation, contacting the company, you know, some reasonable negotiations, we'll be able to resolve this quite, quite straightforwardly, probably within a few weeks time. And get this lady, who was very nice, by the way, moving on, hopefully, with her new employment and with the next steps in her career.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Not only is it not a complicated process, but this—the the one you've illustrated—is not rare. I am like, "Oh, Alex, you just picked the cherry off the top." Not, that this is a fifty thousand dollar delta is not all that rare. This is what employers do, either out of ignorance because they don't know what they owe you in whatever way, shape, or form the the uh, the firing came, or they're just trying to skirt their financial responsibilities. But that is why you got to reach out, take a couple minutes to call you, right? At least get do your due diligence and find out what you could be in for with a little bit of back and forth with you and an. Employer, because it really is not complicated, but financially, oh man, is it worth it, right? Yeah,
1: that's absolutely right. And, and to add one more point onto that, you know, she was effectively assured by her employer that the yeah. employment agreement limited her severance entitlements mm-hmm. to two weeks, only to then find out. And, and again, I, you know, I don't think that's necessarily purposeful, John. I think the employer just doesn't know what it doesn't know. Sure. And, that, and that's that their contracts are not enforceable. So, you know, you can't rely necessarily on the word of, of the employer. You need to speak with an employment lawyer to make sure that the severance you're being offered is reasonable. And even sometimes when it looks reasonable, uh, it isn't. And that's why those conversations are so important.
0: No, severance rules are not different for you if we'll get to those talking points. But first, we've got to grab a quick break. with The Employment Law Show, right here, stand by. It's so good to have you along with us here uh, this evening. Alex Lucifero is our guy. He's our lawyer partner, Firu, Tamarkin, LLP. Just happened to be the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. Reaching out beyond this uh, half hour that uh, we do uh, four nights a week is one 855 821 5,900 to call uh, Alex anytime, help at employmentlawyer.ca. You also have the option of pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Lots of information there, severance calculator, and more contact. That is all free and uh, anonymous, by the way. Okay, so we got a couple calls lined up here, Alex, in just a, a minute or two, want to get into our topic for the day. No, severance rules are not different for you if Let's get to some of these. Number one, if your employment is federally regulated, like banking, what I do, telecommunications, railroads, so on and so forth, Val, what do you think?
1: Yeah, that's exactly right, uh, uh, John. So it's important to keep in mind in Canada that there are Uh, Effectively, two different classifications of employees. There are those employees, and this is the vast majority of employees now, that are provincially regulated. And so it is the law of the province that you reside in and that you work in, ultimately, that governs kind of the basic employment standards that employers have to abide by. So in Ontario, for example, we have the Employment Standards Act which is the piece of legislation that governs governs provincially regulated employers. uh, And we have, you know, under that legislation, of course, things like minimum wage and vacation and overtime pay, certain minimum rules about severance as well. There is another classification, uh, John, and those are, as you just mentioned, federally regulated employers. So these are uh, employers and employees that fall not under provincial employment standards legislation mm-hmm. but under the Canada labor code, so the Canada labor Code is a federal piece of legislation that also has for these employees in banking in telecommunications airlines uh transportation companies that go between provinces or internationally et cetera et cetera there, there are a couple of other industries those yeah. employees are going federally regulated under the Canada labor code and here's the point. Uh, that, that's important when it comes to severance, John, which is that the severance rules that you and I discuss every week that are based on an employee's age, position, and years of service do not change. It doesn't matter whether you are provincially or federally regulated. The name of the game remains the same, and that is that severance is going to be based, again, whether you're federally or provincially regulated, going to be based on your age, position, and years of service. The older you are, the longer you've been with the same company, the more senior your position is, the more severance you're going to get. Severance, generally speaking, could be as much as two years of pay. Sometimes it's a little bit more than that for longer and, and more senior employees. But generally, that's the cap on a uh, severance. And it's going to be significant. It's not just going to be a couple of weeks per year of service. So again, whether you're in the banking industry or telecommunications uh, or any other industry for that matter, the severance rules remain the
0: same. I want to talk to uh, John. Thanks for standing by for a moment, John. How are you? What's your question? Yeah, my question
2: is pretty straightforward. I really love the show. I find it fascinating. Uh, thanks, oh, thanks, man. No problem. Very quickly, uh, you know, if an employer uh-huh. enters into a contract with an employee, like in the previous example, and it was written by a lawyer at the time, the employment agreement was written with the, uh, with the language of the time that was appropriate at the time. And both the employee and the employer understand the contract. and They've signed it you know what recourse does an employer have because you know everybody's just you know you know working within that contract in the spirit of it and you know what protections are there for employers really at this at this point in time because if it was written back then let's say and it was written properly for the law back then and you can't go back and say well the law has changed now or the writing needs to change what can an employer do and is it even worth bo- is it even worth having an employment agreement if this can happen to every employer and i'm an employer and i would I, you know we're just trying to make sure that an employment agreement is you know viable for the future and protects
1: everybody right yeah, it's a good question from an employer's point of view, John, and, and, and listen, it's obviously not the first time we've been, we, we've heard similar points made and, and had similar questions asked by an employer. And listen, the practical answer to that question is really, as an employer, you should be doing your due diligence, you know, I would say once per year or, or alternatively, you should have a relationship with an employment lawyer that kind of keeps you up on changes in the law and make sure that your employment agreements are enforceable when you're you know when you're when you're extending an offer of employment to a new employee or when you're changing perhaps having an an existing employee sign a new employment contract that is the time to kind of you know have another look at those contracts and make sure that they're up to date and they're enforceable and keeping up with Uh, you know, the enforceable provisions in an employment agreement is important, John. And I think it's, it's quite valuable, actually. In the long run, there is massive benefit to an employer having an enforceable employment contract. Not only could it save you money on severance, you know, as we're just kind of referring to, but it can also allow employer to do different things. It could allow employer to, for example, temporarily lay off employees if there's such a provision in an employment agreement. Without that kind of temporary layoff provision in an employment agreement, you actually can't temporarily lay off an employee, at least without their consent. Um, You can make changes, other changes to the terms of their employment if something like that is written into an employment contract. So I I think that's the general point, uh, John. I think there's certainly value there. And I think the answer from an employer's point of view is, listen, just make sure you're checking in with with your legal counsel once a year, once you know, uh, every time you're extending an offer of employment, there is value in doing so. There is value in having up to date, enforceable employment contracts. Um, you know, it is the case that at the end of the day, if years go by and an employment contract is no longer enforceable, it's unenforceable because, despite the party's agreement, so even though there is an agreement between the employee and the employer at the time, the law has changed such that the language in that agreement breaches minimum employment standards. And so even if the parties agree, you cannot run afoul of our employment laws uh, in Ontario. You can't run afoul at least of an employee's minimum entitlements. And that's what termination language and employment contract will do, again, if you don't keep up to date with, uh, with the updates to the law.
2: So can an employer update the employment contract if the language of the law changes?
1: They certainly can, and I would recommend they should, absolutely. Uh, which, John uh, an
2: employee
1: yes, in order to do so, so it is so if you are doing that, and again, I'd encourage you have a chat with an employment lawyer. I mean, certainly, you can give us a call uh off air and happy to have a chat with you. You want to be providing that employee with something in addition to their existing employment in order to make the contract enforceable. It's what we call consideration. So you may want to offer them a bit of a signing bonus in exchange for signing that contract as an existing employee or perhaps a small raise or some additional benefit or perk It doesn't have to be much, but it needs to be something more than just signing off to simply keep their employment, because if that's the case, it won't be enforceable. You need to offer them something a little extra. And if you do that, your contracts will be up to date. And they'll be perfectly enforceable, and you've protected the business in a significant way.
2: And what's a reasonable amount of time if a lawyer is presenting me with an employment agreement that's out of date, but I can go after them for errors and omissions?
1: Yeah, well, uh, limitation period on most matters is two years, uh, John. So that that's probably the the, the general answer. Uh, it also depends, of course, on you know what the state of the law was at the time. Certainly, if you were presented yeah. with a term an employment contract or a termination clause that was unenforceable to begin with, right I think that would be problematic if the law has changed since then, well then we'd have to look perhaps a, a little bit more deep uh, you know deeply into the nature of the relationship and and uh, you know there might be some liability there there might not but perhaps a conversation worth having off air, John if you want to give us a call, feel free to more than happy to have a chat with you on this off air and get into more detail on it.
0: Appreciate your uh, time, John, and thanks for calling in uh, as well. you want to carry on further, you can do so, as mentioned by uh, Alex moments ago, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Hey, Joe, you're up next. What's your question, pal?
3: Good question. Uh, I've, been with, I've been working with an employer for close to 30 years now, never had a contract, and now all of a sudden they want me to sign a contract. And I just don't want to do it. I don't feel comfortable. I've been with them 30 years. And uh, they've been on my back for about four or five months now. They'll stop. A month later, they'll call me in the office again. You know, you need to sign the contract. We'll do whatever nope. it takes to get it. I just don't want to sign it. I feel uncomfortable. I'm in my city.
0: As you should. As yeah, you should, know what right, I mean? right Alex? It's
3: what it is. But, yeah. you know, I don't know what yeah. to do. It's, it's getting to a point it's really getting out of hand. Like, they'll leave me alone for a month. A month later, they'll call me back to the office again. I just don't want to sign it.
0: Yeah, yep. Alex, tell him why. Yeah,
1: John, your inst or Joe, rather, your instincts are absolutely uh, correct. Uh, you know, it's one of the red flags that we we talk about right. often on the show. When you're, you know, especially a long service employee such as yourself, a contract of employment like that will do one thing and will do one thing only. It will limit your rights. It will limit your entitlements in the event of a termination. It will limit what options you have moving forward. If, they, if the company ever makes significant changes to your employment, red flags all over the place, uh, Joe. What I, what I would suggest you do is probably what you've been doing for quite some time now already, which is to very professionally, politely say no, thank you. That is all that you have to do. I know it's tough if they're coming back to you every month or so, or they keep pestering you about it. Keep your cool. Don't blow up. Don't get it. You know. Don't. Don't. uh, I don't know. Don't resign (laughs) certainly or storm out. Storm out of the office. Just you know, play it cool and say, "I'm sorry, guys. No, I've thought about it. I don't feel comfortable signing anything at this moment in time." The other thing I might suggest you do, uh, Joe, if you have a copy, if if they've already given you a copy of the contract. Listen, it might be worth reviewing it with an employment lawyer. I obviously haven't seen the document. I can I can almost guarantee that there's some probably some nasty stuff stuff in there that's not going to help you out. But you never know. They might you know it might be a perfectly reasonable contract. You might want to review it with an employment lawyer. Give us a call. Let's review it together and let's have a chat about it. I it even, might be. I haven't
3: even looked at it. They put it on my desk and I just left it there. I haven't even touched it.
1: Yeah. And you could certainly do that. that, that, that's your prerogative. But otherwise, if you actually want to have a look at it before, you know, before certainly saying yay or nay, you want to speak to an employment lawyer about a situation uh, like that. But again, I think what you've done thus far is perfectly reasonable. And I think if they continue to ask you, you continue to politely say no. And and that's that you have every right uh, to to refuse a job offer like that or a job employment contract like that, keep in mind, Joe, I mean, at one point, they may very well say, listen, Joe, either you're either you sign or we're letting you go, at which point your severance entitlements would be significant, obviously, but it may end up costing you your job. If you're okay with that, uh, then there's no problems at all.
3: Well, not really. But I mean, damned if you do, damned if you don't. I mean, if I do sign the contract, obviously, you know, we all know where that's headed. I'm going to lose out on my benefits. They might keep me around for a couple of months, a year. And then then some. And then at the end, what happens? I'd be better off taking a package, which I don't want to, but at least that gives me a chance to shop around.
1: Yeah. I I mean, listen, put it this way, Joe. I can tell you that as a 30-year employee, your severance entitlements are likely in the range of, you know, basically what an employee's full severance entitlements would be, which are 24 months, so two years of pay. If you sign an employment contract like that, you may your severance entitlements may very well be reduced, depending on the size of the company, to something like either two months, which is obviously a, a massive reduction, or, you know, even at best, perhaps something like 34 weeks, which is about eight yeah. months. So that's gonna be a massive, massive reduction in your severance entitlements. Joe, I think the start I think you've done well thus far. I think you wanna have that contract reviewed with an employment lawyer. Again. Give us a call off air. Send the contract over. More than happy to have a chat about it. We can review it together. Uh, if if ultimately you shouldn't be signing it, we'll tell you you shouldn't be signing it, and you can leave it at that. You know, And hopefully your employer backs down.
0: You know what? When a push comes to shove, unless he's really, really dying to stay there forever and ever and ever, he, he, he can't lose. 30-year guy in his 60s, as you said, he's looking at two-year severance, and if he's going to retire in the next four or five years, he gets out unscathed without uh, replying to that uh Without replying or at least signing that document, I think he's uh, he's much better to go as he is. But I mean, you're the employment lawyer, but I don't think he's got a he's got a bad leg to stand on. I think he's rocking,
1: to be honest. No, you're absolutely right, and it, and it sounds like it, you know Joe's been a listener to this show, uh, John, right. because his instincts were correct. He he obviously mm-hmm. flat out refused to sign it, and it sounds like he even refused to look at it, which uh, you know which, yeah. which which is fine, and, and you know that's an employee standing up to an employer. And gotcha. making sure that their rights uh, and their entitlements are protected, and that's what we profess yeah. on this show every day and every week. Uh, I mean, employees have it. every right to do that. You shouldn't feel bullied. You shouldn't, uh, you know, you shouldn't feel compelled to sign something that you don't want to sign. And you know, Joe was a great example of that.
0: And that is where we're going to leave it for tonight. Alex is your guy. If you want to move forward and make that phone call, 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca anytime and the website free and anonymous you can use. It's got wonderful tools on there and the severance calculator, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We're back in tomorrow night at 630 right here on the Employment Law Show.